When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. A lot of the guys that are here were were here before, and so I, I feel like they're a veteran team. They understand. We actually had a couple guys saying, "Hey, calm down in the locker room. You know, we got to get ready to go play again." So, I'm hopeful that uh, you know it's like that. Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer there, Matthew Collar, Alex Boone on Purple Daily, and I have just learned something very important, Alex. Uh oh. You won the touchdown league. Congratulations. Good for you. You're so welcome. 55 touchdowns with your team. No, I'm sorry. 59 touchdowns with your team. Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Lockett. Gurley really came through for you because early on it looked like, is his knee going to work at all for the football? It was risky. Yeah, it was. And uh, so I ended, up, I ended up with 10 behind you with my team. Mahomes getting hurt really hurt me. And also picking two Cincinnati Bengals was not great. <laughs> you don't say. I, I just had, I, <laughs> my logic was they'll score some touchdowns, and these are the only two human beings who are going to score them. And it didn't work out great, but they ended up still combining for 13. So it wasn't an embarrassment. Like Phil, who had 27, zero from his quarterback, Cam Newton. And one from Antonio Brown, and what a one it was as a New England Patriot. Phil had Derrick Henry on the team, 18 touchdowns, and still did not win this league. So, Alex Boone, congratulations. We'll have to figure out what your prize is for victory. Some people have suggested that you are now the program director. Oh, you don't want that. Mm, well, you it would really be, don't want that. You know what you'd come up with is like a show where we talk only football all the oh, time. Dude, it would be all football all the time. <laughs> we'd be calling all old coaches. We'd be like, dude, come on, let's talk football. It'd be so fun. Yeah, well, that's kind of what we're doing anyway. We have a mystery right. guest for Thursday that's pretty <gasps> exciting, too. Yeah, oh, it's a mystery, though. Uh, let's dive right into this. Um, yeah. I wrote the article, What Can the Vikings Carry Over from the Win in New Orleans? And I'm going yeah. to tell you what I wrote, and you tell me what you think. So. Yeah. Patience with the deep shots and running versus seven-man boxes. It's one of those things that is hard to spot on the TV cameras, I think, what type of safety alignment the other team has. But when New Orleans comes out and they've got two high safeties the whole game, right from the get-go, they're saying, we're going to put a guy over Diggs and we're going to put a guy over Thielen and we're going to make you march down the field instead of hitting deep shots. And even though everyone's happy with the way that it ended with Kirk Cousins, throughout that game... 
it makes it difficult for Cousins to drop straight back and just sit there in the pocket and let guys go through their routes and have to find spaces and zones. And there were times where he had that bad Kirk look to him. Yes. And, and I, I think it was the right strategy by the Saints. But eventually, they got tired of having Delvin Cook run them over. And in overtime, they get an eight-man box, and boom, you hit Adam Thielen. My guess is you're going to have to do that again. Yeah, I agree. And. I'm glad you brought that up because it was like within the first three plays that he had a ball that skipped like 10 yards in front of someone. who's was like, oh, man, is, is bad Kirk in there today? How he overcame that in a place like New Orleans against a Drew Brees, like at any time that Drew has the ball, you're like, man, he could score. Like he could, you just feel like, oh, my God, he could do it right now. You just never know. So for Kirk to overcome that in a stadium like that and to really just kind of shine, he really, after that, he really shined the rest of the game to me. Like the way he played that game, really calm, took some sacks, I agree with Mike. Sometimes when you're you have a lead and you just want the clock to run, you're like, dude, listen, if it's not there, just take the sack. Nobody cares. The way he kind of progressed through the pocket and the way guys were coming, they were they were attacking. They were coming as hard as they could. We said it was dude, listen, it's gonna be the feast or famine. And for the Vikings, it was feast all day because they really didn't they really thought Dalvin wasn't who he was. Like, I don't know what they thought, but for me, watching Dalvin just run over defender after defender, like, you're like, dude, did you really not think this kid was going to show up prepared, ready to just destroy you guys? You, you give him a seven man box, like, that's, I don't know how you would have to defend that, but it's going to be tough. And they just didn't have the defense equipped to do it in a base personnel or in a sub personnel where they could play a seven-man box in a sub and still have their two high and be safe and still stop the run. If you can't do that, then we've said it before on this show, you are ruined because your base defense can't be out there the whole game because then you have Thielen and Diggs like, okay, now we're going to feast. And that's complimentary football. Hey, listen, we're going to throw Dalvin at you as much as we can, and right when you crack, we're going to go up top. And that's what they – and, dude, Marshawn Lattimore looked like he was spun around three different times. Like, dude, where, where did Thielen go? Oh, my God. And what a beautiful catch and throw, too, right? Yeah, it was Patrick Robinson because Lattimore got hurt. That's right. So, that's right. So it was taking advantage Mr. at the right, yeah. at the right time. And, and that's what I mean about when you go up against San Francisco because my guess is they're going to say our front seven is pretty darn good, and it looks like Quan Alexander is going to play – so another linebacker that they get back, Fred Warner, is a fantastic a linebacker beast. for the 49ers. Beast. And then they have the, the defensive front of guys who are all excellent. And so if they can stop Delvin and keep the two safeties high, it's going to be tough for Cousins. He, he needs those big shots every once in a while. And I had the stat in my article that he only used play action on 13 out of 33. And aside from the one big throw to Thielen, he averaged four yards an attempt when using play action. So they did a great job of taking it away for most of the game. But when Delvin got that 11-yard run, it seemed like the Saints said, oh, no, they're going to do this to us all the way down the field and win this game. And they said, we've got to load up the box on first down because we think Delvin's going to run. And then they picked their spot. I think right. if they do that in San Francisco, you don't need five 40-yard throws. You need one or two in a playoff game like this. Absolutely, especially against a team that's playing really well. They hold the number one seed. You're going to go in, and it's it's going to be a slugfest. There's no question. They're, they're going to get Quan back. They're going to get Chikorsky Tart back. They're getting D Ford back. The one thing that scares me, and we just talked about it, defense wins championships. When you can put a sub package on the field in a playoff game against a Dalvin Cook offense and control the game, like – Dude, you write your ticket. And that's why when you're looking at both sides of this, you're like, man, whichever defense can stay in sub the most and sustain the run and keep the quarterback under as much pressure without blitzing, like that's the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. Whatever team wins this game is going to go to the Super Bowl. There's no question. Hmm. Yeah, well, that let's not get ahead of ourselves. But 
It's true. Going, going three times on the road, man. Dude, you know, I'm telling you, if you beat the Niners in Levi Stadium at the number one seed, or whether they beat you, doesn't matter. These are the two top NFC teams right now. Dude, you, can, you can't tell me the Packers are really on your fearful list. Like, oh, no. Or even the Seattle Seahawks. Dude. <laughs> like, like what? Oh no. oh, no. Like, those are not, those, this game right now, this is going to be the biggest game before the Super Bowl. Like, that's it. And that's why you're like, wow, these are two defenses that could legitimately don't even need a base defense. And then you think about the depth of guys that roll through. Look at the Vikings. Their depth players are showing up just as much as their star players are. Like, that's incredible. And how Anthony Harris has been playing lately is lights out. Like, that, I don't know how he doesn't get his name kind of thrown in like a defensive MVP like that. You're holding the title along with Stefan Gilmore and Tredavious white. Like the three of you are like the three scariest dudes to throw around. That's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Tops in the NFL and interceptions and an incredible play to bring it in. Uh, my theory Amazing. is that he's the only corner who can catch the ball. So, or, or I'm saying safety. I mean, like corners yeah. and safety. If you're the one guy who can actually catch it, boy, you're, you're going to be get good. Them all. <laughs> the number of dropped interceptions oh, per year worst. is hilarious you know, and mind blowing. That's the worst when you're on the side and you see a guy like catch it and he comes down, he drops. You're like, dude, what? You had one job and you couldn't do it. That's you why they the, play corner. Like, dude, that's that's why my defense. Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but Anthony Harris has no problem with that. Affordable. The only the only hesitation I would have. Because I think if you're talking about not the quarterback position, just team versus team, 49ers, Vikings versus Seattle or versus Green Bay, I don't even think it's close that the 49ers and the Vikings are much better than both of those teams. However, when you're talking about the quarterback evening thing out, um, Rodgers had a bad game against Detroit, but he's still Aaron Rodgers and is capable of playing as well as anyone in the NFL. And Russell Wilson is just doing things that don't even make sense anymore. Yeah, and... and DK. I mean, yeah. I mean, just the way that he, Wilson played the other day was kind of to the score, doing exactly what he needed to do to win. And his deep ball accuracy has been unbelievable. And he can run around and make the plays that you see him make. I, I would look at it as not a guarantee that either one of these teams is going to the Super Bowl because of the opposing quarterbacks. It does give you a great shot, though. Is Green Bay going to be a, a superior, talented team in Minnesota? three times in a season when both of the first two games could have gone the Vikings way. But let's let's focus on what they need to do next here to get there because they barely got out of New Orleans. These swing passes and checkdowns to Delvin Cook, Alex, I thought were massive. And if you want to get Kirk out of one of those little Kirk funks that he gets into where he mm-hmm. looks anxious and nervous, well, a little swing pass for 19 yards to Delvin Cook that got him to the goal line, I thought was a huge play in the game. There was another time where he was sort of in the pocket, like there's nothing there, there's nothing there, and he finally got to his check down and hit Delvin Cook. He breaks a tackle or two for a big gain. More of that is going to be required, and it's going to require Cousins to get through those progressions quick because this defensive line for the 49ers is for real. Yeah, they don't need anybody to come other than the first four coming after you. I mean, you look at it, Bosa, you get D4 back. Now, D. Ford hasn't played in what, like six or seven weeks? Like, how good that dude is really going to be, Dave? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you come back for your first game. Should I expect you to light up the field? No, but I expect you to still be a threat. So, let's say Bosa, DeForest, you got Eric Armstead, you still got Solomon Thomas, who's kind of scaring people. But you talk about these guys being able to rush and do whatever they want. And then letting their linebackers drop. And this is going to be the best thing is when Delvin does run these swing routes and you get the ball in his hands and with a head of steam going forward. Like when you can put the ball perfectly in his hands when he's rolling, 
dude, there's not a lot of people, maybe even two people that can stop him. And that's what's so scary is that, like you said, these quick screen passes that when we were normally watching, you're like, God, who throws that? Stop throwing him. Like, when you throw it to an effective running back, they turn into 19 yards. You're like, dude, that's a drive starter. That's how we get this thing going. How about this for a stat? Throwing behind the line of scrimmage this year, Kirk Cousins averaged eight yards an attempt, which is double what he averaged last year, throwing behind the line of of scrimmage. Because of Delvin Cook, right. Breaking tackles and then getting momentum going for drives, which I do do believe that momentum exists in a drive where the other team feels like they're on their heels and you feel like you can continue to run them over. Now, Delvin's health... He was not super pleased to be asked about it again. And, uh, well, you know, that's life, I guess, it's in the fair. NFL. It's the playoffs. There's yeah, a lot of people ask. there, and you got to ask how, how they're feeling. But um, he looked great last week. He also touched the ball one million times. And, and I one feel million? today, exactly one million. Today, I'm telling you, as a reporter at the game, I still feel the effects of being there on Sunday because it was such such a, a crazy atmosphere and so much concentration that goes into it and long days and travel and everything else. Yep. I cannot imagine, and you know this, and I'd like you to tell me about it, what it is like to win the playoff game on the road and then the next week as you get prepared for the next one. It just has to be exhausting. It is exhausting, especially because when you're going to a place like New Orleans, like I think of the times that we went out to Carolina and we won a playoff game, and I think of the times that we went to Atlanta and won a playoff game. Those were long flights. I mean, the flight home it was like six hours, seven hours. You're like, dude, it is, I am exhausted. And then you're, you have to turn around. Like The one thing that I can't stand is how these games can never really be fair because some games are going to end on Sunday and have to be played on Saturday. So you lose a day of preparing, which kind of sucks because mm-hmm. – these are the playoffs, and you want these dudes at the top of their game, but it also kind of evens the playing field for a lot of people because it makes everybody have to cram a lot of stuff in in a short amount of time, and it's kind of like, listen, natural talent is going to take over. And it's hard because when you win a playoff game, the emotions running through you is so – because the whole game, we always say it's just another game, it's just another game, and it's it's continuing to tell yourself that while you're playing because you're, you like want to gut-check yourself all the time. Like, dude, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing it. If the mm-hmm. six-year-old version of myself could see me now, like this is what I always wanted, <laughs> yeah. to be standing here in Atlanta, to go to the Super Bowl, to win the game. I need Frank Gore to run right behind me. Like, dude, I'm crying because sometimes you get so emotional. You're like, dude, this is it. And you, you look over and other dudes are like, bro, this is it. Like, yeah, I'm with you, man. I feel you. We feel this. And it's all of a sudden you won and you're like, this is great. And they're like, now you got to play the best team in the NFC. You're like, oh, my God, here we go. But that's what's so fun about it because it's so competitive that your body never really gets a time to come down. You constantly just stay up, and you're on overdrive, and you're just burning, and your mind is constantly thinking about everybody on that team now and what they do, what's their moves, what are we going to do, what are they, how do we expose this team. Dude, it is like the greatest time of your life all rolled into like a month, and it's cr- crazy chaotic because, like you said, there's a million reporters there. Everybody's got a million stupid questions. You're like, dude, I've never seen this guy. Why is he here? Is he working for the other team? I don't know him. And, and uh, you know, you have to be very weary of everybody around you and what you're telling people. And I remember, like, our meeting rooms where they would like lock and key them. They would lock a key and walk away and be like, "Don't let us out until we bang three times." Like it was like, "Dude, what are we doing?" And they're like, "We can't trust anybody. We have to keep this secret." And that and that was kind of the thing that made it more fun was that it was so secretive and it's like, "Don't tell your wives either. Like, we can't trust them." And I was like, "Oh god." <laughs> I told my wife what we were doing the first play. I said, "Oh god." Oh, oh no. Oh no. Power power run run left. Uh, just, don't tell me power. God, Giro. 
guess we'll find out if I need to divorce her. Um, <laughs> that, no, that's great. And and, the, and going on the road and getting that win like they did, huge. Um, there's there's just an energy to the team that I guess now exists because they believe that it can happen. And going into that, the energy around the building was, we'll see if it can happen, and we'll see what happens if it doesn't, was most of the conversation. And anybody who says that they don't hear what you're talking about, they do. And Zimmer is proof because he told Deion Sanders, I'm sick of hearing that I'm going to get fired when I've won all these games and everything else. So it's impossible to ignore. Everybody's got family, so even if you don't watch TV you know, they're sending you the tweets or they're sending you the articles or, or whatever else it might be in 2019. But now with this team, they don't have that anymore. They have now, oh, wow, Kirk can actually win a playoff game. And look at this. I feel like it's a different energy. And this is not in my list of things to carry over, but it probably should have been, is the defiance on the offensive side to some extent, but also the understanding that this is this is still huge for everybody's life and careers. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like to bring yeah. that same type of energy and defiance to San Francisco that they had in New Orleans. I mean, I understand why people are like, you guys need to get off Kirk. Like, yeah, now, after he did what he did down in New Orleans, dude, I am all about it. You've gotten over the hump. You've proven not only can you do a playoff game, but you can do it on the road in one of the toughest stadiums against one of the toughest opposing quarterbacks, and your team didn't even really flinch. Like, you guys just the whole game. There was times that, yeah, you stall out. Dude, it's a playoff football game. Like, I expect that. That times, you're not going to convert a third and five. You're not going to convert a third and seven. But when you can come out with the win, and not only that, but take the ball in overtime and march all the way down the field and throw it to Kyle Rudolph in the corner of the end zone to win the game, Dude, you've earned that contract. You've earned that next contract. And not only that, but Zim has too because there was, there was question marks like, hey, what's going to happen now? The defensive secondary is a little muddled. We're, we're not really sure. This is supposed to be a specialty, and it doesn't look very special. <laughs> when you go down and stifle Drew Brees in his own house, like, dude, did you see him after the game? He was, like, crying. He was, yeah. like, I can't believe they did that with, like, Andrew Sandejo and Xavier Rhodes and all. Dude, Mike's a genius. Yes, he's just earned that contract extension. So going forward, this team looks like really good. They look like a whole new energy. Just the way you saw them break it down after the game look completely different. And people can say, oh, we were all in on it before. Dude, whatever. Whatever. Now everybody's all in. Now everybody has to be like, yep, he did it. He won the game down there. He was extremely complimentary. He started off and it was like, oh, boy, what's going to happen? But, man, he came right out of that funk and he looked good. And I've always thought, Alex, you know, a major part of leadership for any quarterback and getting people behind them is you just have to prove it, too. I mean, you, you can't be about potential. You can't be about numbers or anything else. You, you have to win to have that, right. which, is, which is why when I see analytics people who I am friends with and you know the, talk a lot of sports and football with, it, when they mock the win-loss record, and like, well, let's just wait, though, because what does the locker room care about the most? They right. don't care if you threw for 14 touchdowns or 46 touchdowns. They care that you came through. They care that you won. They care that you were the guy in charge and you were calm in the overtime period and not throwing it to the other team. Right. Right. You know, it, it wouldn't have mattered if he threw for 400 yards. If they had come up short, everyone would have said, well, it just it really wasn't good enough. And that's right. harsh, but that's how everyone inside of a locker room thinks. And to carry over that belief is important. And it's very few times, Alex, that we talk about 
a locker room, an organization having a weight lifted off by getting a huge win because it was such a legit win. It was not like, oh, well, you came back, but it was against Denver and whatever, Denver, right? I mean, it was, it wasn't Denver. It was in that building, in that place. And I, I think it could ultimately, I could be wrong be looked at as a turning point for Kirk Cousins even for how he relates to everyone inside the locker room and how he's viewed even in the NFL. Well, 100%. You know what I love about this the most when I think about it? I, don't, I know you probably didn't see it, but, but like before the game, all they kept talking about was like Drew Brees and Drew Brees and Drew Brees this, and he's 14-2 and two with the Chargers. He's 13-3 and three here. Hey, he can't do anything wrong. He's Drew Brees. Dude, you just got stifled by this team, and you look like you were kind of scared. And at times, like Kirk looked like the better quarterback. It was like, man, these guys are really starting to rally around him. And just the way that you see them, kind of after he threw that touchdown, like the whole team just went crazy. Like that to me is a team embracing him, saying, "Listen, man, we're all in now, and and we're we're in it." And this that's what's going to make this team so scary is the teams that grab this momentum towards the end of the year. And I applaud them for being able to. Come back from a tough Packers game, obviously a Bears game that not a lot of them played in, but still you lose two in a row and then you come back and you go down there and the way that they just hung in there the whole day with grit and toughness and they were like, listen, man, we're not going to let you bully us. We're not going to let you come in here in your house. We get it. You're tough, but we got some tough guys over here too and we're going to unleash them. And they did a masterful job of it. Now, what we were talking about with Kirk, uh, there are some other folks who disagree with your opinion and I think there, there is a point to be made. Now, James Harrison was on the Colin Cowherd show and he was less impressed all right so kirk cousins had a reputation he did not play well in big games that's statistics it's Mm -hmm. not just opinion yesterday he made two huge throws okay has it changed your opinion on him no that 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 happened one time he had no pressure on him he wasn't expected to win the game hell he probably didn't even expect to win the game you see how excited he was after that game (laughs) like i'm I'm dead serious like somebody that expects to win you're not that excited you would have thought that he won the super bowl the way he reacted after that like my dad says the sun shines on every dog's ass once in a while that was the day that it just shined on him you guys have the best i want you to go out there and do it consistently (laughs) year in year out game in and game out and then I'll jump on the bandwagon. Oh, but okay. until I see that, you went out there, you got lucky. Let me see what it do from here on out. Even if he was to possibly figure out some way to beat San Francisco, I still wouldn't be impressed because it's only two times in how many. If I keep betting on the same team over and over, at some point in time, I'm going to win. Okay, first half of it, Alex, I agree with and I think is fair. Second half of it, I don't. I don't think it was luck. I think it was great throws at the biggest time in a place where I have not recovered yet from being in with my ears still ringing. Um, And I also don't think if he loses to San Francisco or if he beats San Francisco and plays really well, then I, I think that that matters a lot, then I, yeah. I would be quite impressed if, if he did that. But what about the first part? What about, you know, okay, it is just one game. It, it is one game, but it's one huge game. And we say that, and it's like, well, it's just one game. Well, it's one game that pushes your team another round farther, and you did it on the road in a tough situation when a lot of people were bearing down on you. And, you know, I get what James is saying. Like, it's one game out of a million that he's played, and, oh, you know, big deal. But, you know... To, to more the credit of what we were talking about with Sam. Remember what we were talking about? Like, Sam, what's it like in year two of a system? And he's like, dude, that's when you grow. That's when you really understand the system. 
Kirk's done a great job of picking up the system from last year and running with it this year. And I think that that's what you need to look back. And you, yeah, we look back and we go, eh, it's you know up and down. One big game, yeah. It's it's easy for me as an offensive lineman now to put my chips behind him and be like, listen, I know that when crunch time comes, this dude's going to at least give it as much as he's got. And I think that that's the one thing he's been learning is that when you are a leader of a team, guys want to see how much you're committed. Is he really going to take this tongue lashing from us? Is he really going to sit there and do that? Is he going to take this hit and get up and keep coming back for more? Like, Is he going to be the same guy after he takes that hit? I think that they're seeing that he is tougher than they think he is. And in clutch situations, yeah, you can put it on my back. Like, I'm growing in this offense. We're all growing together. I'm understanding my outlets. I'm understanding where I need to go. I know what's best for this offense now. That's what's so scary about it. And you get the momentum of not – because it would have been one thing if they'd have won at home. You know, you people be like, well, it was a home game. And, yeah, you know, people play differently. You can't really say a lot. Like, you got to – at some point, you got to give a dog his due. Like, I get it that a sun shines on his ass every now and then, but sometimes you got to stand back and go, man, that was really, really cool. And that was really tough of you to do that, especially because nobody thought you could. And who cares if he thought he could or couldn't? He did it. Like, that's the one thing people keep overlooking. Well, he didn't expect to do it. Who cares, dude? He just went out and did it. He doesn't yeah, care. I what think you anybody who wins else. a playoff game that way is celebrating. Yes, I, yeah. I, I think that's a You silly can't criticism. tell me, like, you're not going to be super excited. Like, you just beat Drew Brees. Like, you'd be. Like, I wouldn't even know where my helmet was. I'd have lost yeah, this, it. In the this stands. is not an act like you've been there situation. No, this is no, because you haven't. You haven't brought over there. <laughs> right, so now right. you could be like, dude, I haven't been there. Sorry. Now I'll be cool about it. But that, even though. Brady or Breeze is going crazy after that they and, are. and giving a, a you know a speech and everything else in the locker room. Everyone's going to be excited after they won. But the first part of it, I do agree with that. Look, I mean, it was a great win, and he deserves all the credit that he's getting for the win. But if you still have some hesitation as a Vikings fan or as an analyst or whatever in that he can take them farther than this, then I understand it. And when we return, I want to ask you a question about another NFL quarterback who had what I think we would all agree is a really, really good career. But if you were to trade or if I were to tell you Kirk Cousins had this career as a quarterback in Minnesota, if they signed him to an extension, would you be happy with that or not? That's what I want to ask when we come back. And also, I've got the stat of the game that I need you to tell me how in the world this happened. We'll do both of those things when we return. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone, you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.